Today on CityCast Denver. What if the answer to a bicycle-friendly city is not more bike lanes and bike infrastructure? All we need to do is make Denver look like Amsterdam and voila, it'll be done. But I think when you view that against the backdrop of climate change, you start to recognize the risk. Today is Thursday, June 3rd, 2021. I'm Paul Caroli, and this is CityCast Denver. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's the news. It's going to start feeling like summer out there today. We're looking at a beautiful sunny day with highs in the mid-80s. Remember when our regular host, Bree Davies, talked to clerk and recorder Paul Lopez about the MLB All-Star game moving to Denver? Apparently some conservative groups are still upset about it. And now the MLB is facing a massive $100 million lawsuit. But it doesn't change the fact that they moved the game here in part because of how good we are at running elections. And it sounds like clerk and recorder Lopez is now working on ways to make them even better. Lopez is considering moving our May municipal elections earlier in the year, or maybe to November, and he's also thinking about ranked choice voting, which could be interesting. He's set to put any proposed changes before city council around the end of June, so we'll keep talking about this one. And this is just delightful news. The Colorado Department of Transportation put out a call for kids across the state to submit names for a new fleet of snowplows. And boy, did they deliver. Plowzilla, Snow Crusher, Mr. Snowtastic, Snotorious B.I.G., Zebulon Ice. I think that one is a play on Zebulon Pike, as in Pike's Peak, by the way. And then this one is just totally different. Cheese Ball. And I don't know about you, but I'm going to rest easy knowing that next time there's a big snowstorm, somewhere, somehow, Cheese Ball is clearing the way. I think it was around two years ago when I attended my monthly neighborhood association meeting for a discussion about a new bike lane on Jewel Avenue. It was me, an avid biker, the older folks who typically attend these meetings, and our guest speaker, a lobbyist for a group of local car dealers. He was there to talk about how important cars are, saying things like, we love cars. America is cars. Cars equal freedom. And my blood just started to boil listening to this guy. I just sat there thinking, who is he to come in and argue against more bike lanes? Don't we need more bike lanes to help get to that hypothetical future multimodal utopia where we've defeated climate change? Shouldn't we be investing in infrastructure to make biking more accessible? But here's a confession. Even though I'm firmly on team bike, I knew I wasn't going to use that bike lane on Jewel. So what gives? Yep, like Javi, just no J or X or whatever. (laughs) Okay. Javi Stopper is a different kind of bike advocate. He thinks that more bike lanes do not equal more bike riders. Instead of promoting infrastructure, he founded the Bike Streets Project, a grassroots community effort to get more butts in bike seats. Avi Stopper, welcome to CityCast. Thanks so much for having me. What is Bike Streets? So the Bike Streets Project is an all-volunteer community effort to get more and more people out riding bikes in Denver. 
And there are really two components to the project. One is creating, producing, distributing, giving away a community bike map, a map that makes it really easy for anyone to get anywhere in Denver. And when I say anyone anywhere, I'm talking about people of all ages and all levels of ability. A bunch of volunteers shared their favorite local routes. We stitched them all together and created this map. And the comprehensive bike streets map is about 400 miles of neighborhood streets and trails that all connect and enable you to get pretty much anywhere you would ever want to go in Denver on a bike. What we have done is said, you may not be super fired up about riding Broadway in a, in a bike lane, but one street over, there's a street called Sherman that's actually pretty delightful to ride your bike on. The second component is a real belief that community organizing is critically important to get more people out and riding. That infrastructure alone could make a pretty substantial difference, but may not get us as far as we need to go. So we do a lot of work to get more and more people out riding bikes. And this year, what we're doing is something we're calling the two mile pledge. And the idea is to get as many people as we possibly can to say, yeah, I'm going to try to ride two miles every week. It's a really easy, simple way for folks to get out on their bikes at least once a week. And we think that can be the on-ramp to more bicycling on a regular basis. It's pretty remarkable how much ground you can actually cover without saying, you know, I need to put on a bunch of like tactical gear and go for a long ride. Mm-hmm. So it sounds to me like, I mean, a ton of fun, but also this is a big undertaking, this project. Like this is, I was looking at your website earlier. There's a ton going on. You all are doing activities and events all the time. Where did this come from for you? It's a good question. So I love, I just love being on my bike. For me, a bike is a real symbol of freedom. I I like to think of it as taking the sort of stress out of driving and turning this, this kind of like adrenaline type of, of rush, or, or I don't know if it's adrenaline, but it's, you know, it's a stress, maybe a cortisol inducing (laughs) type of experience of driving a car, which often involves navigating a lot of traffic and this, that, and the other thing into a real dopamine delightful type of experience if people had that first kind of like simple on-ramp, the -hmm. ability to just start doing it a little bit, then maybe over time, at least our hypothesis is that it will become easier and easier to take on other, uh, other destinations. Sure. Sure. So like one individual does it, they learn to incorporate it into their life. Maybe they become an evangelist for the, for the hobby. And then more and more people will take it up and start incorporating bike transportation into their lives. Um, and, and is that really what you're going for? Is that the bigger picture? Is this a movement or is this just a a hobby? It's like a movement movement. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I think, I think that there are very deep systemic reasons why as a society, we need to embrace bicycling more broadly on a citywide basis. You know, the air quality here has, uh, is increasingly deteriorating. There's substantial traffic congestion and the more people that we can get on bikes, the better, uh, the better it will be. And we definitely need to head in that, in that direction. And more broadly, of course, the, the grand global challenge of our time is of course, climate change. We as a society need to reevaluate how it is that we get from one place to another. That's the thing that I think is really interesting here because those of us who, who, who love biking and who like understand that 
that this is a big change that our society needs to make if we're going to address climate change. You know, we agree on that, but there's different ways to get there. And and I want to pick up on something you said earlier. You said the phrase infrastructure alone will not get us there. So what what do you mean by that? Or is that a, is that a criticism at some other strategy towards achieving this same goal? Yeah. So so infrastructure broadly means like bike infrastructure are, are sort of like dedicated places for bicycles to ride on the street. So I think when we're talking about a really fundamental behavioral shift, we have to be very careful about acknowledging that what we're doing is a hypothesis. And so the infrastructure alone approach is the hypothesis would be that all we need to, if if we change the built environment, which of course, and I'm saying that sort of flippantly, all we need to do is change the built environment. That's a huge undertaking, huge investment. All we need to do is change the built environment and we'll rapidly have this massive revolution whereby you'll have huge numbers of people biking. All Mm -hmm. we need to do is make Denver look like Amsterdam and voila, it'll be Mm. done. But I think when you view that against the backdrop of climate change, when you view that against the backdrop of massive population growth, congestion, uh, traffic congestion, air quality issues, you start to recognize the risk associated Mm. With, with that hypothesis alone. Scientists tell us we have basically 10 years to get the climate issue under control. If we basically run one giant experiment that takes us five years, and in five years we spend a ton of money and find that no one's riding bikes, that's a huge problem. Mm-hmm. So, um, so my mind immediately goes to the Broadway bike lane project. This is something that the city has been pushing for years and years and years invested millions of dollars in. We've got pilot stages. We've got uh, secondary stages. We've got big dreams. Um, And as a bike commuter, I've always felt like some responsibility to support it. Like, you know, this is the bike lane. This is the bike project. This is for me. I have to cheer for the team. But you're saying maybe there's another way. So I guess what I'm saying, what I'm saying is that I'm in favor of a broader portfolio of experiments. It seems to me that objectively, you can look at the progress that Denver has made and say objectively, as a society, as a community, we have not figured out yet how to produce mobility change or a mode shift, as is the the jargony term. Hmm. We haven't figured that out. And that's okay. But we need to be really careful about how we approach the experimentation that's going to deliver that mode shift. But miles of bike lanes don't solve the problem. What solves the problem is getting transformational numbers of people out riding bikes. Hmm. So I want to, um, oh my gosh, I was just going to say switch gears. And I realized that's probably not a great segue for this one. It's a good pun. You mentioned Sherman right next to Broadway. That's a nice ride. What are what are some of your other favorite rides around the city people might not be familiar with if they want Oh, to- I mean riding a bike around Denver is just a joyful joyful experience. One of my favorite places to ride using a variety of routes on the the bike streets map is Loretto Heights Park in Southwest Denver, which oh. just has this stunning sprawling view of the mountains to the south and west. That's just a spectacular spot. And if you're, if you're a sucker for good mountain views, if you haven't ridden your bike 
using the bike streets map to inspiration point, which is just, it's kind of the far Northwest corner of Denver. Mm. That's also just a spectacular place. Last but not least is just any, any destination that's within a couple miles of your house. I just, I just really enjoy those types of rides because it's a little bit, a 10 to 15 minute reprieve from everything that I might be doing from screens and computers, from all sorts of other distractions. And it's just a nice little way to kind of disconnect. Yeah. Oh, for me, that little, that short little ride, the reprieve down to James A. Bible Park, there's a, uh, a carving of a dog out of a tree stump at the south tip of the park. I'll go down, just say hi to the dog, head home always end up happier. Yeah. Bible park is a wonderful, wonderful ride. And that new sculpture that you're describing, I saw that the other day. It's pretty awesome. It's just like, Oh, I love, I love that little guy. Anyway, Avi, thanks so much for joining us on CityCast. It's been a pleasure. Thanks. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter. That's at denver.citycast.fm. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. And hey, I hope you have a really good day. Jewel Street? I should say street. Jewel Avenue.